When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A very warm welcome once again to the latest Blakey's Boot Room podcast here from Wales Online. It's been another busy week at Cardiff City. Rumours of the owner selling up, the manager signing a new contract, and it wasn't a bad game in there uh, in between the two-all draw with Fulham, uh, Paul. Where to, where to start with all that? I suppose it's got to be Warnock. It's a thing we've talked about for weeks. They have to keep him. If they don't keep him, it would be terrible. And credit where credit's due, they've done that. They have. Um, biggest signing the club could make. More important signing than any player they will get this, this summer or have bought in recent times anyway. Um, he is the, the central figure around which the future will be determined. I think it will be a rosy future under Neil Warnock as well. Um, he's galvanised the fan base. There were doubts about whether he would stay. I know Blakey's had his doubts himself. He has agreed to stay on, which is fantastic news for the football club because it now alleviates those fears. Um, the playoff prospects are probably gone as a result of not beating Fulham, but at least now they can plan properly for the 2017-18 campaign. Look to finish this season on a high and take that momentum with them into what hopefully will be a at least top six season next year, if not automatic promotion under Warnock. That's got to be the aim. Mm, what, what do we think they've done then to convince Neil Warnock that Cardiff is the place to be in next year? The only stickler really was the, the fact he needed transfer funds. Yeah. It's as simple as that, John. Yeah. You know, he's he's made it painfully clear over the last what three months, four months. Uh, we had you know pre-January. You know, there was a lot of focus, a lot of talk around the importance of the January transfer window. Not a lot there, mm. not a lot done there, and I thought that could be the straw that broke the camel and then you know subsequently he's spoken about right what he needs going into the summer then so he's almost saying I'll delay my wish list until the summer but if th- things aren't forthcoming in the summer then I, I thought he would he would go I still I tell you I'm still not 100% 100% because you know our football can be we've seen a crazy week you know this last week and you know managers mm. and what have you and nothing ever surprises me what I'd say is like Paul said it now allows them those at the club the Warnocks the Jepsons the Blackwells to be able to plan you know for at least the next 12 to 18 months uh, and put together you know a strategy that's going to get them at least in top six, as Paul said. Mm. Are, you, are you impressed with the, the swiftness with which the Cardiff hierarchy have moved? I know you've been critical of them on various things in the past. Are you impressed with what they've done to get this tied up? Yeah, I mean, <coughs> excuse me, give credit where it's due. <coughs> but um, it, it was kind of like a, a no-brainer. So, you know, <laughs> at the same time you say, well, they got it done. They're still dicing with, or they diced with, you know, the possibility of Neil saying, okay, thank you very much, I'm off. So, mm. you know, listen, 
I know how, how things are, you know, at boardroom level, decisions have to be taken, you know, a lot of people want to put their opinion in, but for me, they've got it done. <coughs> they have to just be good to their word now, and if whatever transfer kitty was agreed, they have to supply that. They, they, they can't, you know, renege on that, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Do, do we know what what he's been promised then at all? Any, any details, Paul? That in terms nice. of how how you know? I feel like it's Brexit, and we're trying to get that. <laughs> well, come on, what's trees are made bland. <laughs> <laughs> they won't they won't give an official figure, and that's for obvious reason. I think you can understand that because mm. you know you say you've got X number of million to spend, mm. so clubs that you go to demand more money for those players, or that sort of sum of money for the players. Mm. Um, I'm told, though, and this has come from you know right up there, if you like, um, impeccable sources, that he wants anything between five to eight million, which is certainly not copious amounts of money when it comes to funds. I've you know I've seen teams like Wolves, Aston Villa, you know, spend ten, fifteen on million striker. on strikers mm. on one player. Mm. Warnock doesn't seem to want one luxury player like that. He thinks that he can. He's got a good squad there. And he can fine-tune it with three or four quality additions that he feels, rightly or wrongly, and the proof will be in the pudding, can turn them into um, a promotion-winning team. Now, I'm assured that pivotal to this is a creative wide player, Blakey, which surprises Mm -hmm. me a bit because they've got Noon, Pilkington, Hoyler and Harris, who you rate really highly Mm -hmm. on the books there already. Mm -hmm. But he feels that that sort of player who can create and score goals um, is central to his plans for next season. He's obviously mm. got one or two targets in mind. I've got a clue who they are, mm. um, but that surprised me a little bit, to be honest with you. I think he's also talking about obviously a goalkeeper. It goes without saying. Possibly a midfielder, a striker, and possibly a left back. But he has got Joe Bennett coming back through. I think you can have a job of eight million quid, mate. Uh, well, yeah. Where does five to eight million pound come from at Cardiff City? Because it's not there now. It hasn't been there for some time. Well, Where is that going to come from? From compromise from Neil Warnock. So you know, you get five, five, you, you you spend X amount of money. So you have to recoup X because of FFP rules. You have to recoup X amount of money from other ways. They can still get rid of ten players. Can't there, they? there are ways and means mm. of doing that. He can get rid of players. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to that in a second. They can look. I'm told that they're looking at. Um, sponsorship deals which could be significant so you get some money in that way for example Mm -hmm. they would expect bigger season ticket sales next season with the club finally it appears on some sort of stable footing at last Um, the interesting thing will be if we can revert back to what I said there he, he accepts he has to compromise here and that he may have to shed players some of whom he may not want to shed but there could be one or two Big name departures from the club this summer. I think they will to be. bring to bring that wage bill down to get the very players in that you're talking about mm. to get that eight minute. What, five sort, of, what sort of big name departures are we Ooh. talking about? Then? Blakey. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to look at players like Ricky Lambert. I don't. I can't see. That would be expected. But that would, that would be big. That would be expected. Wouldn't it? I think he's an England player. Oh come on! Well, twelve months ago he's an England player. You can't. You can't. Player. You can't say he's not a big name player. He's still a big name player. He's, he's not a significant R- R- player that Neil Warnock would care about losing. Yeah, but you, you well, 
Absolutely, but he'd be on a big wage. That's the whole point. Yeah, I know. Who are the significant players? Well, there are. You're not going to gonna be able to say there's anyone significant because at this moment in time, as long as you keep players like Zahor, who's not going to be on the highest wages, you, you're, you, you've already got a striker who's going to be in demand if he keeps going the way he's going. Mm. Trust me, because he, he's having a great back end of the season. So... I wouldn't say there's anyone specific. Noon could stay or go. Yeah. Don't know. Pilkington. Pilkington could stay or go. And I don't think these players, they're players who I look at and I say they've been here a while and it's not that they don't give you good service. Noonie we know hasn't been in good form recently, come into very good form. But sometimes it's just about refresh, resetting the button. Players who've been here four, five, six years, you might say, okay, I can get a similar player with a bit more pace, who's a bit younger, a bit hungrier for, you know, a million pound, half a million pound, whatever. So there's all different, there's different ways and different means, John, but I wouldn't say there's any sort of specific who um, any sort of specific player right now you can point at and say, oh, he'll definitely be gone. He'll definitely be gone. You know? I think I think two others that may come under that mix. I think Manga might be able to Bruno go. Manga and, yeah. dare I say it, Peter Whittingham, potentially. Yeah, Peter Witts. You know, Witts has hardly played since that Bristol City game. We've talked about this before, Blakey, that yeah. how that game was transformed, yeah. coincidentally or not, when he was taken off. Witts has been a mainstay of that team for a decade or so. Um, if you look at Saturday he's barely featured under, right. under, under Warnock mm. so there could be another one John that, mm. that is significant in terms of a name these are you know you're talking about Manga Whittingham Noon Pilkerton we're speculating here I have no mm. inside knowledge on this particular one but I think it boils more down to what they earn rather than yeah. who they are mm. and what you've got to look at is okay if I'm absolutely yeah. if I'm building something for the next two three years you know, is Whittingham going to be, you know, this dynamic player? Well, he's never been a dynamic player. But if you look at Fulham on Saturday, you can see the way football is going. You, you've seen Bournemouth with that sort of approach to football. You know, um, Brighton with a similar sort of approach to football. Sheffield Wednesday, Huddersfield. All these teams now are trying to play that passing through the lines you know, three front players, movement, rotation. This is, you know, the nature of Beach you're dealing with today. So I think, I don't think Cardiff will go right up that alley, but I think they'll they'll migrate towards that direction. So the players they're going to be looking for are, you know, a player off the top of my head, someone like, um, I doubt they get him, but a Luckman at uh, Everton. Young player, hungry, very talented. But there's, 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 they're not lots, but there's a few of those players, both on the continent mm. and in British football at the lower league level. About it's just about having the network to yeah. be able to discover them. But the great thing for me is that Warnock has been. You'd expect this for somebody who's 68 years of age. Warnock has been incredibly mature in his dealings here. He, he'd actually delivered the grenades. Mm. I think you mm. know threats, veiled threats that 
he would go if he wasn't given the transfer funds he wanted for the reasons that we know that have been well documented. Um, but he's gone into his meeting with the Cardiff hierarchy who've crunched the numbers with him, discussed FFP regulations and how it would hinder the club. Um, and he's accepted that there needs to be compromise on his part. Well, absolutely. Um, FFP, so, you can't go no, against it. So if you? he wants certain players in, which he does for the reasons we've outlined, because these are the quality players that he feels will turn them into a promotion-winning team, he accepts some bigger names may have to depart. Mm-hmm. And, and that opens the door. That's that, also, that also opens the door for the... Uh, for the youth players, yeah. the 21 yeah. players who were there, yeah. you know, Emmy Hughes at Ipswich, I'm watching him thinking, I don't know what the misconnect is or disconnect with Cardiff, but he should, you know, if he can come back and show that sort of form, you know, he, he's a very, very talented player mm. and he's young, which is what the, the vibrancy, the youth is what, you know, most teams are going with. Yeah, how vulnerable are Cardiff to losing the likes of Kenneth Sahova? I mean, how, let's, let's talk about him and two goals against Fulham on, on the on the weekend. Uh, how much is he worth now, for example? I don't think you go there, John. Not this. He, he's had a good couple of months. It, they, you know, you won't get people in football saying all of a sudden Kenneth Sahova's worth ten million quid. It's just not possible. You have patches in football. You know, and right now, what he needs to show is a level of consistency over a period of time. If he's doing what he's doing this time next year, then we can have the conversation of he's probably a four or five million pound player. Mm. You know, but at this moment in time, he's in what you get as a striker, as a purple patch. He's playing well, he's confident. What I want to see now is pre season, how the team's going to be built. Is he part and parcel of the plans? Because we're saying Ricky Lambert, it could be Kenneth Zahor. You just don't know. We we really don't. So it's not the, you know, the talk of what he's worth is, is financially isn't really mm. where the conversation needs to go. It's what he gives to the team. Can he get you 20 goals a season? Now, I've said on the programme, I think at best he's a 15 to 20. On current form, he's a 20 to 25 goal a season yeah, striker yeah, yeah. all day. You know, which then resolves any issues of needing another front. Well, you're going to need another front player, um, but that front player, you know, is he a small, quick lad? Is he a big hold-up player? You, you know, that's going to give you a different option of how you're going to approach games as well. So, Kenneth, I just have to say his form right now. He needs to. Can he continue that? I think he can under Warnock, but. Yeah, very, very good player. He's just getting better and better, Bob, isn't he? Yeah, I think that's four goals in two games now, isn't it? I think it's six in six. I, I remember seeing in one of these, you know, I, I'm one of the ones who, who questioned, you know, one thousands who wondered if he had what it took yeah. to, to make a striker at this level um, not so long ago. And I remember seeing him, I can't remember what the game was. It might have been, I can't remember which game it was, but I remember one of these boot room shows shortly afterwards saying, do you know what, he did things in that game with his running and his power that reminded me of a young Nathan Blake in the early 90s, which I don't think Blakey was too happy with, mm. right, at the time. <laughs> um, but now I've seen him this week compared by a City fan as as akin to Jay Bothroyd in his pomp in Cardiff. Now, these are serious testaments. You know, mm. these are serious, 
you know, his um, goal Saturday was a, it was his this, second this goal is thing, brilliant. But that's not the only one. He keeps scoring these one goals. He mm. used to say in Mark Hughes that Mark Hughes was a scorer of great goals, but not a great scorer of goals. If you mm. see what I mean. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, it looks like Zahora's like that. I mentioned this last week, saying that I want to see him get the tap ins and mm. the scruffy goals as well as the wonder goals. Because if he can add that to his wonder goal because he clearly has all the ability to create on his own absolutely you know, um, he's got an incredible shot it seems in either foot yeah if he can add the simple goals to that mix you then do back. have a mm-hmm. serious talent and potential transfer record, yeah. you know on your yeah. hands there mm-hmm. well he can lead, it's the type he's the type of player and that's what I'm saying it, it, you know once you're given confidence and belief by a man true belief I always say John yeah True belief, not oh yeah, he's okay. You know, yeah. the manager almost was left with no option and given him. Right, yeah. I totally believe in you. What you're seeing is a player with confidence develop now and show the reasons why he was brought here in the first place. Now, over the course of this season, what you're hoping is it continues. But then pre-season and next season, a confident, you know, number nine. To lead your team, you know, they, they're the type of players who win you championships. Believe me, they're the type of players who, who, who can, you know, a nil nil, you're yeah. in the top three or four, maybe top two, nil nil, you go away to, you know, Huddersfield or Norwich, and it's nil nil, and he pulls one of his solo goals out the bag rather than the tap-in, because it generally tends to be something of brilliance that's going to sway the game. He's that type of player. Now, if you had asked me that six months ago, I would have said, like I was saying, I've always likened him to a a Rondon. Mm -hmm. But I actually think he's got a bit technically, he's a a bit better, because he's doing things like that I I didn't expect him to do. The first goal Saturday running away from the lad, the lad's not slow, but he was gone. Mm. He was, uh, in his first five, ten metres, if you look at it, he puts about three yards between mm. him and the lad. And then that gives him the time and space to calmly just slot it past the keeper. His second goal is just all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally wrong. He hits it with the wrong foot. And I think he just totally catches the keeper off guard. And the power was before is beyond the keeper before he can even get his hands up. So, um, mm. you know, good signs. But... We don't want to go there with the, is he now worth, after a couple of months, four goals in four games, is he now worth five million quid or ten? You know, that's just... But you know, yeah, you know, keep the fees off him and just let him keep banging know, in the goals. Do you know, Blakey, it's that speed that I didn't think he had. That's Absolutely. Me most. And getting right. fitter. He, he is making defenders look slow, mm. right? I, I'm looking at thinking, how is he getting those yards on him? It started with that wonder goal against Preston, which I've raved on about before, mm. where he just <laughs> raced over. It's like, it's... Michael Owen used to do this. I'm not saying he's as quick as Michael Owen. Of course he's not. Michael Owen used to do this. He used to get away and then he had time to finish because mm. he, he would make it look easy by getting away from defenders so quickly. And and Zahora did that again against one. I don't see that. I, don't, I never thought he was that quick. But if you ally his speed to the fact that he is a big physical beast on that pitch, mm. and as you well know, Nathan, if a centre forward out physicals a centre half in a game mm. you're going to win that game oh yeah nine times out of ten yeah, you, yeah. Add that, you add his wonder goals to that mix as well and mm. his heading ability mm. 
there's there's something. There's a serious player there. I I think that the better comparison is perhaps not with Nathan Blake or Jay Bothrell, but maybe Rudy Gostet, uh, who was another youngster when he came through at Cardiff. Mm. Um, you always felt with Gostet there was talent there, but Cardiff weren't quite getting the best out of it, and he obviously has gone on for substantial sums of money since. Mm. I spoke to Dave Jones about Rudy. And do you not see the same? Uh, I, I don't see him as a similar type of player, but the same similar type of scenario. Scenario, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah, because I remember speaking to Dave Jones, and I, I'm saying to him, "Why aren't you coaching Rudy to get onto the fullback?" And he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Was well, classic striker. He's six foot four. He's great in the air, so he can jump seven foot. He can get ten goals a season simply by just." Standing in the middle and pulling off to the back stick and mm. pulling on to the right back or the left back mm. or in between centre mm. back and left back. I've told him. I said, well, tell him's not the idea. You need to go out and coach him. Oh, yeah, he should learn it. He should learn it. Like, well, it's the, at that yeah. point, you give up. But, yeah, it's about seeing talent and then developing it. And trust me, with a pre-season behind him, and Neil Warnock, I would have thought he'll take the boys on a trip and get them really galvanised, you know, He'll do his business early. I, you know, I, I'm not getting carried away, but they'll they'll have a good go at it next season, which is what you want. You want you want progression, don't you? At the moment, or since Warnock's been coming, for me, we've been progressively going backwards. Now it's taken a while for the wheels to stop and start turning over mm-hmm. again, and you know. The club is going forwards. It's as simple as that. Now it's mm-hmm. about the hierarchy developing and devising the money the plans mm. and, and uh, building on it and on that note we'll go to the off off field matters uh, last 24 hours Paul's stories or story emerged that Vincent Tan was was thinking of or trying to sell Cardiff City uh, last night the club um, issued a statement saying that wasn't the case and Vincent well, while we're doing the podcast actually Vincent Tan has uh, just come out and said he is he is not uh, currently trying to sell the club, although he does actually add that obviously he would consider, like any of his businesses, selling it for the right price. What, what do we make of uh, of all that? I don't know. To be <laughs> yeah, for um, coin. <laughs> um, I spoke to the chairman Mehmet Dalman last night. He was furious. I can tell you, he he had been quoted in a report that appeared in an American publication. Uh, where I think Dalman's quote was similar to the one you just read out from mm. Tan there that um, you know we we'd something along the lines of um, be, welcome a decent offer or words to that effect you know mm. he was furious when I spoke to him he said this has been completely misconstrued selling the club is not off the on the agenda um, have we had offers yes he said which intrigues me Need to dig into that a little so bit. It's always so it's all going to offer then. But he but he says that there's no intention to sell and Vincent Tamman remains fully committed. I think what angered what angered Mehmet Dalman is that um clearly, 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 <laughs> clearly Vincent Tan is so they feel they finally got onto a sound footing. Oh, yeah. Got the manager for next season. Yeah. And there's a bit of trouble being stirred. Yeah, and he thinks his trouble is being stirred by yeah. certain people who he named to me and that won't appear in the public domain because there's not a jot of evidence for that in my opinion. Um, but there's just that rider, isn't there, about 
waiting for the right offer, you yeah, know. But, uh, I, I but everything, everything, everything's for sale. Everything's for sale. I don't anyway, understand anyway, his. I don't understand his stress. Yeah. It's yeah. like you're saying in one hand, it, it. Well, if the right offer came along, we would sell. But we're not. We're not for sale. They will. It is fine. It was Vincent. Vincent says has no plans to sell Cardiff City, but will certainly consider. Well, it's like cake and eat it, isn't it? That's the cake and eat it answer. And at the end of the day, I don't know what the stress is. You know, at the end of the day, you've got a football club. If someone comes and offers you five million for it, you say no. If someone comes and offers you five hundred million for it, you'd say yeah. So you know, my advice would be: don't stress about whatever's being said or written, or just get on with the job. You know, at the end of the day, every you know, these are businessmen; they know. Everything's for sale at the right price. Look, Vincent Tan has put an awful lot of money into this football club. He may want to um, find a way of getting that money back at some point. Um, I don't know what you two are giggling about. I missed something there. Um, don't worry about it. Nathan's no. just been silly. Um, he... He doesn't come to games anymore, the owner, does he? That's he that's the biggest thing for and, me. And right I think that wrongly, would give the club a massive boost as well. Yeah, rightly or wrongly, some fans have latched onto that as saying he's lost interest. Blah, blah. Now, there are all sorts of logistical reasons why he's not at games. Cardiff City is a tiny part of the Vincent Town portfolio, mm. albeit the most important part as far as Cardiff fans are concerned. Mm. Um, yeah, if he were to come to matches on a more regular basis... I think that would be demonstrable commitment, if you see what I mean. Yeah, it gives the, the as opposed to words. Yeah, um, don't think anybody should question his commitment because we're not in a position to. The bloke has put enough money into this football club. Mm-hmm. Um, who could blame him in some at some point for wanting to get some of that money back? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, they are on a more sound footing at the moment. Mm-hmm. It appears. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a really good manager in place to take them forward next season. They seem to be getting to grips with FFP properly. And so this kind of speculation, I suppose, doesn't happen. Hence the anger from Mehmet Dalman and the fact that Vincent Tan has issued this statement from Malaysia, which is a rare thing these days, to be honest. So he clearly feels strongly enough about it to have to put his side... Yeah, but, I, I would say, but then there's a there's that. Well, it's you saying it's for sale. There, of course that? it is. So I, that's what I'm saying to uh, you know. Uh, to, I would say to Mehmet Dalman, don't worry about it. Just kind of like yeah. you know, he's answered the question himself. Just like most clubs, if Man United, if someone come over and offered the, the Glaziers ridiculous money for Man United, they would sell it. That's yeah. That's business. What they're trying you know? to say, I think, probably is that they're not. Actively out there trying Searching. to find a buyer for yeah. the club. Yeah, yeah. Does that makes sense. But okay. it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't affect. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just a story. You know, the more you fan it, the more you you talk about it and try and justify this or that rumor. You know, it just grows. So you know, just put it. Yeah, in bed. Just, I'm just going to throw this just out. Carry on building I'm just what you're throw building this out there, and I'm not. I'm not passing judgment one way or the other, but. Would you necessarily blame Vincent Tan for wanting to get out? Absolutely some, some not. Some of the flack that he's taken. Uh, well, it, it which it, he's not used to, Nathan. It it, it it swings both ways. You you have to understand that people don't have got you for no reason. Yep. First and foremost. So the red is clear. So red. yeah. So there's certain things that you've done which upset people beyond what I think they truly understood. Totally. About a football club totally. and about what you do. Yeah. And 
you know, he, he has to take blame for that. And yeah. and he dug his heels in for a long yeah. while on it. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, could you blame him for trying to recoup back some of his money? Look, it's rumoured he put 150, 170 million in. He's never going to get that money back. He's not going to get half of that money back. The value isn't there. Oh, but if you Kenneth Sahara becomes a 90 million pound player. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and he's a flying pig. <laughs> and at the same time, I'll still maintain if, I think what they've done to the stadium is fantastic. I think we need to change those red seats to blue. And their biggest thing is to find a training ground. That is when, in this day and age, if you're trying to sell a football club, right, and you've got a stadium with no training ground, it, it kind of doesn't make sense. Not if you've got the kind of money to hand that Cardiff City owners or the owner has. And I know you might say, oh, well, you know, it might be another 10 million quid. But it's, it, it is really speculating to accumulate because most big owners or wannabe big owners now coming into football clubs, the training ground, their community experiences, everything, the clubs are becoming hubs of, you know, main hubs of, of cities and towns and what have you. And Cardiff can be no different. So for me, the biggest thing they should be concentrating on now off the field is identifying land and, and trying to build a... Uh, a training ground because you become as from a footballer's perspective you know that club is serious you know it's like you know you you you, you being the editor of, of sport but having to work from home because there's no office in Cardiff doesn't make sense you, you have your own base to work from and, and I'll, I'll bang that drum for for as long as uh, it takes but Cardiff definitely need to invest in a training facility Hmm. Okay, let's um, let's finish up with some football matches before we before we quickly look at QPR and predictions and playoff hopes if there are, if there are still any any uh, disappointing crowd obviously at Fulham was that to do with the rugby fifteen thousand quick word on that did you go to the game and watch the rugby in the gantry as you promised I, you would I think it was a very disappointing crowd because I think it was the biggest answer the question biggest game. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't go to the game. You didn't, no, did you? I was, uh, one of, I was one of the missing thousands. Who, I was as well, John who, Fairplay. Who, who opted to watch the rugby instead. I didn't watch the rugby, though. I'm not going to name the individual, but I was speaking to somebody, you know, well-connected there at the club, um, who was moaning that it wasn't being played on a Friday night, the game, you know, that half his village was heading up to Murrayfield and oh. all that sort of thing. Yeah, I, even allowing for the rugby, I was surprised the gate was as low as 15,000, I have to say. I, I think that, given they'd won three on the trot, Warnock had signed his new contract as well um, mm. the day before, or, or agreed his new deal the day before. Um, Cardiff and Fulham was the big, biggest game of the season at home for Cardiff because win that and they really could keep the playoff momentum hopes going. Mm. I think that without the rugby, they would have had a twenty to twenty-five thousand crowd. I think it was that significant, John. Yeah. I really do. I yeah. don't. I don't know. I think what we're doing by saying that is kind of overlooking the fact that there are some fans who I know, friends of mine, who will still say, "I'll never go back," or "I'm not going back until there's a change of regime." I think there's still an element of that. I think we've seen in Warnock's first game with Bristol City. I think we could get up to the. 18s, 20s consistently, but I would love to see that stadium just bouncing for week in, week out. And I think 
there's work that the club, the board, the chief executive especially, need to do in going out and regalvanizing and, and reconnecting with the fans, you know, around the valleys, you know, around Cardiff, because there's still a lot of stairways. It, I wouldn't say it was just solely down. You might have put another four or 5,000 on the gate without the rugby, in my opinion. But I'd like to see that stadium like I've seen it for Welsh games. Yeah. Rafted because I, it will become a fortress. I, People I, will not want to come and play there. No, I was discussing this with somebody only was it yesterday or this morning about how I've been in that in that ground when it's been absolutely full to capacity. I was there for a Real Madrid Seville, um, whatever they call it, Super Cup game, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously I've been there for Wales games where mm-hmm. it's absolutely bouncing mm-hmm. the whole around. I was just thinking, wouldn't it be nice to see that? Full Imagine that with Cardiff fans, yeah. yeah. And they're there, Paul. That's 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 the thing. We know they're there. You know, I played in an era when it was third division and they're getting twenty thousand, twenty two thousand at home to Shrewsbury. So there's more than enough and that's why they built it, they must know. But you know, I take my hat off to Neil Warnock who's tried clearly to go into the fans and say, Come back by, you know, connecting with them and doing, you know, question and answers and things like that. But I do really feel it's the, the the board, the hierarchy, the chief executive really needs to devise a, a, a plan and be truthful with people. Don't pretend and you know pretend like things like the change of colour and things like that. Oh, that didn't matter because that will aggrieve you even more. You know, it's like a politician. You say to a politician, "Oh, the NHS needs money. We won't put more money in," but it's getting worse. You know, they they totally ignore the facts that you're giving them, and that winds people up. So I think. There's a way that the club, oh, you know, I'm not going to say they should do this or do that. They need to devise a way of, you know, re- truly reconnecting with the fan base and bringing it back. Because they, for me, they're one step away from doing that. And if they can do that and have go into the new season with a full stadium, and I mean 25 to, what is it, 27 and a half, is it, hold? No, it's 35, 30, the ground. The, the, it was 25. Yeah. 35,000. If they can get 35,000 in there week in, week out, you know, even up to the 30s, 32s, you've got a serious, serious... Yeah, well, I think, I think you're right. The club, you know, there is still a, an area where they've got to reach out to, the, to the, the public in the Welsh capital and the surrounding area. But I think ultimately now they've, they've got the manager in place. I think ultimately now what will do it is winning football next season, Nath. Mm. I think that will drive, be a great that help, will drive yeah. the people back. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think Warnock can do it. We've we've had this boot room show today. What how long has it lasted so far? Twenty minutes, half an hour. Yeah, Blakey's already Blake has already mentioned Brexit, the NHS. He's about, <laughs> he's about to mention Donald Trump's immigration policy. <laughs> so if Blakey, you know, given Blakey's talking politics, I'm sure Cardiff can sell that ground. Back. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Let's finish up then with uh, with QPR. Obviously, uh, Warnock. Uh, against Holloway two interesting uh, characters I mean the, the, the play well at Cardiff now 12 points off that 6 spot 12 games to do it's not going to happen is it there's, there's too many teams there but you never say never but you know it's it's highly unlikely I said it was a thin chance they would have to go on a repeated win run yeah. of at least 5 to 7 games I would have said yeah if it had been Fulham it would be 10 points which yeah, sounds better doesn't yeah, it yeah. this weekend but I, what, what you're asking I would say what you're asking to do is those above you all 
from six down yeah, to lose. It's pretty lose, possible lose. for the Lord and to keep on yeah, 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 yeah. But QPR, they were game you fancy fancy Cardiff at this stage? You would, you would. You know, there's obviously it's Neil Warnock, one of Neil Warnock's old teams. But <laughs> we seem to say that. Yeah, yeah. But since Holloway's taken over, they've had a a, a pickup. You know, it didn't start too well under him, but they've they've uh, climbed the table. They're looking a better outfit, but I just think, you know, Cardiff at the moment. You would have watched Cardiff Saturday against a, a very good Fulham team, a very very good Fulham team, and can't you know they should have won the game, yeah. Cardiff. You know, not through luck, not through this. You know, there were a couple. Of, you know, Bamba had a good chance. You know, they, they hit the post, so they should have won that game, and that's coping with a team who's got very good movement, got quick players, what have you. I just think Cardiff in a very good place mentally at the moment and I think uh, I don't think QBR will have enough then to handle what Cardiff have at the moment. Mm. Do you, what's your prediction, Paul? <sighs> a draw, probably. Maybe <laughs> 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 not bother. one all, which wouldn't be a bad result for Cardiff. Yep. To be honest, yeah. Yep, indeed. No, I, th- I, I, I'm going to go a, a one 0 I think Cardiff will be strong. I don't think it'll be a goal scorer, but I'm going to go for one 0 or two one. Not high scoring. But I think Cardiff will win. I think they get back on the winning. Back on the winning. Track. Yeah, I do. I do. I think they're in a really good place. Good, good. But we're all in a good place. If they're in a good place, we're in a good place. Fantastic place. Lovely. Right, thanks, boys. We'll leave it there uh, for today. Thank you all for listening, as always, and we'll see you again next week. Take care.